Coming up on this episode of Don't Panic, we've got technology news you can use, including is Netflix too expensive and is it hurting their subscribers? We're going to talk e-gambling and trading uh, accessories for your Counter-Strike. We're also going to talk about Pokemon Go, the trend we all wish were dead already, and even more technology news. Stick around because Don't Panic is going to start for you right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 137, recorded July 18th, 2016, on Rapster, eGambling, and the Netflix slide. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast that will make technology great again and won't even need a convention to do it. I'm Sean Jennings, joined as always by the two men at the top of our ticket, Colby Rabideau and Dan Miller. Gentlemen, Howdy. what's going on? Yeah. Uh, not much. Not much. We both got back from some vacations, I think. I know. You two guys, you're out traveling the world. You're we had no shows last week. I was like had didn't know what to do. Um and you Did guys you go were, out in your Miranda over there, your apartment complex? I I saw the pool, I didn't go in it. <laughs> uh, but I walked <laughs> by it. It looked refreshing. <laughs> didn't help because nice. it was I was sweating and I was like, I should have gone to the pool. I saw Ghostbusters. <laughs> that was probably the most exciting thing. Oh. How was it? Have, uh, you know, honestly, it was um, it was good. I liked it. Uh, you know, it, it, and this is a tough comparison. It reminded me a lot of Episode 7. Not necessarily in, like, it's really great, but in that it wasn't supposed to replace the original. It is a really great companion to the original. It's got all of the inside references, but still creates a new story with new characters. Like, it was that sort of feeling. Mm. I wouldn't quite say it's as good as Episode 7, but it was just it was really funny and enjoyable. And as long as you don't expect it to blow the original out of the water, you'll you'll like it. And certainly, if you like any of the like bridesmaids kind of spy Melissa McCarthy movies, um, you're or like Kristen Wiig or any of those folks, you'll enjoy the movie. Cool. Yeah, I want to see it. And the effects are really really good. I was actually really impressed. Um, if you can see it while it's still in theaters, um, the the effects were really good. So. I, I have a question. Did someone have Ghostbusters in the movie draft, or did we not do Ghostbusters? We, we absolutely did. I was actually just pulling it up because I updated them today. Um, to, sadly, I'm no longer in second place. No, I think <laughs> no. you're actually you're plummeting, Matt, surprisingly. <laughs> Honestly, Secret Life of Pets is going to be one of the, the highest grossing movies of the summer. Uh, no, Mike had Ghostbusters, but he only had a $46 million opening weekend. Not great. So probably on track to hit mm-hmm. 100, but um but we'll see because there's some big movies still coming gotcha um yes dan as you mentioned uh not that we'll take (laughs) a lot of time on it but that um colby is currently in last fifth place though he still has (laughs) mentioned that uh, well he only has he's got two movies left and they're big ones star trek beyond and jason Bourne. so you know plenty of room there mike is in fourth um he has two movies left ice age collision collision course and suicide squad um dan is in third and he still has a uh not a big movie left he has a movie left pete's dragon <laughs> i um, think it's entirely possible that i will end in last place <laughs> no no i don't think you will um because matt is done he is not going to make a single penny so you really only need 60 million no because he'll make some more off secret life but you probably need about 80 million out of pete's dragon to top him <laughs> oh i also have pete's dragon you have pete's oh, dragon that other movie come out yet which Free State of Jones? Yeah. No, that's been out for a while. That made a whopping. You ready for this? Brace yourself. Twenty million dollars. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, that is not the low. Dan, you had the, the, 
lowest grossing and third lowest grossing movies of the summer. Free State of Jones <laughs> and Hardcore Henry. Colby, you have the second lowest grossing in Pop Star. Did nice. I also have the highest grossing one, though? No, Finding Dory grossed 445 oh, wow. million. So that that's really what, what killed everybody is I had... The 445 million Finding Dory, the 360 million Jungle Book, the 154 million X Men. Um, Brutal. So it'll be interesting. But like I said, we've still got Star Trek and Jason Bourne. We've still got Ice Age and Suicide Squad. We've got big movies left. So um, you never, you never know. Because Star Trek could do 200, Jason Bourne two. No, you're still short. Yeah, I think I've won. But that's well, you know. Hey, you know, we gotta keep the suspense going. So. Um, <laughs> But outside of that, enough about my boring life. You guys, what's the Dan? We'll start with you. How was the? Uh, uh, where, where were you? Thailand? In Scotland. Was it? Scotland. Same thing. How how was Scotland? It was great. Uh, we showed up. Uh, two 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 crazy things happened. First, I'll start with like the the main point of the trip was we went on a five day hike. Uh, we walked uh, fifty miles. Uh, so. That was, that was, uh, the first day was sort of like you wanted to die <laughs> because we, uh, <laughs> we, we went, so there is this like set route we're following and each day you're supposed to get to a, at least a certain point. So the first day by about two in the afternoon, we had gotten to the point we are supposed to get to. But my friend was like, Oh Dan, we need to we need to make better time than this. I and I don't know why I agreed, but I was like, okay, let's keep walking. So we walked 15 miles that day, uh, and I thought for sure as we like set the tent up that night that there was no way I was gonna walk the next day, like at all. Like I wouldn't be able to stand. <laughs> but luckily we slept for 12 hours and it was fine. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. Surprisingly relaxing. After about a day and a half with one other person, you run out of things to talk about, so you're just sort of <laughs> walking in the wilderness kind of in silence in solitude but not really it was it was pretty meditative uh so crazy thing that happened this this trip had a theme a surprising theme which was uh very very spicy food where my friend we walked into this place in edinburgh called wings which is like a a really cool chicken wings place. They have like a Doctor Who themed table, a Star Wars themed table, a Marvel table. Uh, and she saw that they had a wall of flame where you have to take this challenge. Six hot wings. Uh, you can eat them in however much time you want, uh, but you have to eat all of them. And then you have to not throw up for 30 minutes and you can have, you have no, you can have no AIDS, like no, no, uh, water, no milk, no sour cream. Oh, brutal. Yeah, she did it. Uh, it but <laughs> it was intense. It was uh, uh, not a pretty sight that later on. <laughs> but she made it through the 30 minutes. So then we're walking in the, like the middle of nowhere in the Highlands. We pass through this like four house town, and there's a restaurant there, which is amazing. Uh, and it's a restaurant on a boat. And we walk into this boat, and they have a wall of flame, eight people on it. Uh, my friend's like, oh, I just did one of these in Edinburgh. And he was like, oh, okay. Uh, like, well, you could try mine. She's like, okay, yeah. And he goes, well, eat lunch first, because you won't be able to taste anything after you have the sample. So 
<laughs> so we eat lunch. He's like, okay, let, let me try the sample. And he goes, okay, it's just a cracker. It's about, you know, half an inch wide. I'm going to put my chili on it. But first, you need to sign a waiver. Uh, <laughs> and she was like, why? It's like, well, I have this special license to import pepper that's hotter than a ghost pepper. Uh, so you need to sign a waiver in order to eat anything made with it. And she was like, okay, no. Uh, thank God, because I would not want to walk in the condition that a human is in after eating something that spicy for like another eight miles. Uh, so here are the stats. How many people do you think... So 7,000 people signed the waiver of all time. How many okay. people do you think went on after signing the waiver? No, seven thousand people signed the waiver and tried the cracker. Of those people, how many people do you think attempted the challenge afterwards? We already know Two. that eight eight succeeded. We already know that. Three uh, of which were women. It, I would say a hundred. Bully, do you have a guess? Ten. 40. Oof. Wow. That, that was the right call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By, by prices rate rules, I totally won. <laughs> Fair True. enough. Yeah, so that, that, was, that was our trip, generally, and then one really funny specific story. He, he, we, we said we would come back if we weren't. We, we would come back to Scotland when we weren't walking. Uh, and this guy, he was so good at getting people to do this. So we said that, and he goes, yeah, that's what all the Americans say, but there's still none of them on the wall. Ooh. <laughs> and that, that's, but see, it's at that point you got to defend America that's, and man well, up that's and do it. that's what he was trying to do. Yeah. De- defend America's honor. Yeah. Like, there's no honor left to defend. If you need to have your, if you need to have your lawyer standing by to uh, to check the legal waiver, <laughs> you probably should pass. <laughs> That's the right call. You know, Dan, let me ask you, okay? Mm-hmm. Because believe it or not, I believe y- you are the person I know who has traveled to Europe more than anyone else I know. I think that might be the case. You you do it not like super regularly, but you've done it many times. Yeah, and usually for long stretches. Yep. I have to go to Europe for 10 days next week. Any advice? What is the Dan Miller Europe? Tra- I'm going to the Netherlands. Yep. I already know the answer. Okay. What, what, is, what is it? I'm dying Switch to know. Switch to T-Mobile. Switch. Oh, yeah. I have my work phone. So if they, oh, okay. if they take care of that for me, which is, which, yes, is very convenient. Yeah. So I was going to say in, in uh, Scotland, it's pretty rural. Uh, I had cell phone service and usually 3G like the whole way through T-Mobile. And in like populated areas, I had free LTE because they upgraded their free tier for international T-Mobile to LTE, like high speeds. Nice. It's fantastic. Uh, you just going to the Netherlands? Yes, probably. Uh... I don't know. I think I'd have to think about it. All right. Well, a, lot, you... a lot of my tips are T-Mobile. TripIt is fantastic yeah. if you have like complicated transfers and you have to coordinate landing at an airport, going to a hotel, going to a dinner thing. 
I think I uh, I think I just got a text from a live viewer. Oh really? Uh, Where in Europe are you going? <laughs> Kaylee McAvoy wants to so, know. Didn't there's he, a thing he, for this, Kaylee. Yeah, uh, Kaylee, if you want, if you're on your computer, you can call us on Skype at uh, Coffee and Beer TV. <laughs> no, no. Isn't there a chat thing in Facebook Live? Uh, well, she can comment. Um, there isn't, There isn't. I don't think there's a live chat. I, I don't really use Facebook Live. Uh, I think the, the comments become Brian's live. watching. Oh, look at that. That's fantastic. Eat, eat, she says, eat space cakes. Oh, Stroopwafels? Did you have Stroopwafels? Stroopwafels, great. I have had Stroopwafel. Okay, good. Did I tell you about the the last time I went? Where I went, I was in Amsterdam for one day, and you know there's so many restaurants and so many cultures and all this stuff, and I had no idea what to eat, so I panicked. Yeah. And there was the pancake house, and I'm like, shit! I know what a pancake is. I got this. I swear it was like the size of a large pizza. This pancake, and it was covered in so much honey and sugar. And I had never been so sick in my life after eating that giant pancake. It was the most miserable night of my life in the hotel room. I was so nauseous. I'm not going to make that mistake again. Lesson learned. Stay in Amsterdam longer would be my advice. No, sadly, I don't, I, I don't get to stay in. So I have to, for work, I'm about two hours south of Amsterdam. Yeah. Um, in the Well, no, first I'll be in Sittard near, yeah. near um, Galene. And then I have to go what would be about an hour and a half west of Amsterdam, which is bergen op Zoom, uh, which okay. is where our office is. So, but I'll, I'll have a car, so I don't, you know, and I'll have the weekend to, to do something, so we'll see. Yeah, go back to Amsterdam. I haven't been, so I'm very jealous, and there's a lot of stuff to do. There's, you know, people are giving me so much stuff to do, and I, I've got some locals there who I work with who want to do stuff. So who knows? I just, you know. We'll see. Do those things. If locals are telling you to do something, just do it. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think that's good. That's advice. when you get to do something that very few people or very few Americans will ever do, mm-hmm. and that's really cool. I think that'll be the case. Now, Colby, you were at the beach. Yeah, what beach are you was? at? Um, it's it's so that it was my parents. My parents rented a house in South Kingston, Rhode Island. Um, so it wasn't, it was on the water. So it was, I guess a private beach, but it, it, uh, is very close to green hill beach. Um, and it's in the area that is referred to as green hill. Usually, uh, it was pretty fun. I didn't do anything really except like lounge around at the beach, which was nice. It was a nice reminder of like a, uh, vacation versus a trip like when we went to Europe last summer that was a trip like there's tons of stuff to do and connections to make and uh, you come back tireder than you started uh, and vacations are the opposite I think where you come back relaxed and perhaps sad to be leaving but <laughs> Yeah, it was good. The weather was pretty nice. Uh, the water was a reasonable temperature for for the Atlantic Ocean, the the northern Atlantic, northeast Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, excellent. Indeed. Well, it's good to have everyone back. Um, is there any other 
uh, chit chat we would like to partake in before we move on to uh, the the meat on this uh, chicken. <laughs> Whatever that means. What are, what are we on now? If what are we're we not on? the meat of the chicken? Well, we're the meat like of the chicken is, the is is the news. Is you know that's the that this, right, this so is the, what is the preamble on the chicken then? We are the uh, the little bacon wrapped shrimp appetizers that they carry around on the tray. <laughs> Damn good. Are, yeah, that's, that's not the worst hors d'oeuvre. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's it. And now we're getting you psyched up for what is the dinner. worst hors d'oeuvre though? The worst hors d'oeuvre. I, I I think there's so many that are really bad. Like thinking back on my hors d'oeuvreing experiences, so many like. How many times have you said no to those plates when you're at the fancy one? You're just looking at it like, no, that's too much work. That's the first <laughs> thing I always think. The ones that are too much work. I don't I, like the, I, the the cheap ones. Like like when you go to a place that's not as fancy and it's like you know a pig in a blanket that was frozen and they clearly just <laughs> microwaved. And you're like, even, they didn't even bother to make their own pig in a no, blanket. No, and you're like, it's at not that point, good enough for you Sean. know, just make bagel bites or something and just give those out. I mean. <laughs> You know, if you're going to do appetizers, you make them. It's not, you know, bacon wrapped shrimp's not hard. You just wrap shrimp and bacon. I don't, you know. Uh, I recently had tuna tartare on a cucumber, which I was not. Ooh. I didn't think it was that good, personally. Uh, and I'm not, not like, I'm not a person who would object to, like, raw fish or anything like that. I just didn't think it was. I thought it was weird. The cucumber didn't go with the tuna, in my opinion. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> we'll have to leave. I'll, I'll submit that as a topic for up for debate. Abs- there, <laughs> there you go. And, of course, we're streaming live on Facebook. So if you're watching on Facebook, comment on your least favorite appetizer. And we might talk about it on the <laughs> show. Hors d'oeuvre. d'oeuvre. Yes, exactly, because we're fancy. Um, very cool. All right. Well, um, why don't we continue on to the news? Uh, we've got a few stories in here to talk about. While we're getting psyched up for that, uh, two things. One, what story would you like to talk about? Pokemon Go. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> All right, we'll talk about Pokemon Go. While I introduce that, Colby, you want to try your video uh, and see if your connection's gotten any better? Sure. And we will we will see if Comcast decides to cooperate. Oh, my God. looks great on my end. <laughs> no, but you sound really crusty on our end. <laughs> That's all right. We've seen enough of you, Colby. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Oh my goodness! It's like he's. It's like a remote from a war zone. It's. Uh, it's. It's. It's late '90s CNN all over again. Oh, wait, wait, wait. How do we not have the story of the Turkish president FaceTiming into CNN during the coup? How is that not in our? Rundown? I try not to get too political, but we can talk about that if you'd like. I, mean, I just thought that was like. Such a sign of the times that. Well, I, uh, I mean, honestly, CNN, like the pre-internet, like communication revolution, twenty-four-hour news cycle around the world, and the president of a major country is broadcasting to the nation via CNN via FaceTime into the woman's cell phone. And my favorite part, and I tweeted this or retweeted somebody said this, was when the person's friend, like the reporter's friend who's holding up her cell phone, texted her, so that like the, the notification dropped out came over the president's face. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we've had a couple weeks of that, to be honest. I mean, that's the, uh, you know, we had uh, Facebook live streaming a, a police officer shooting a suspect. We've had... Yeah. Um, 
all kinds of uh, even just today. You know, we had the first day of the Republican convention, and you know, you, you tune on tune on uh, to CNN, and they've got commentators talking about news from a few hours ago. And you go on Twitter and on Periscope, and the news is happening in real time. So, I think uh, I think we've seen a lot of that in the uh, in the last few weeks, certainly. How so? What are what are newspapers and stuff like supposed to do? Like, how do we? Or I, I think newspapers are fine. I think people understand that newspapers are like a synthesis of what happened and they're uh, not interpreting but giving context to things. But something like CNN where they're basically relegated to an intermediary between FaceTime and Periscope, uh, like how do you have a cable news network in 2025? I think you're right. I, I honestly, I would say newspapers, in my opinion, over the next five years may be in a better place than a cable network because I think we're, we're and I think we're moving, we kind of swung away, we're moving back that pendulum back towards long form reporting. Because I think we got away from that for a bit. But like even today, I was reading Huffington Post, not a traditional news source. They had a fantastic um, Trump piece that they had spent months putting together this long history huge piece very fascinating reading something you couldn't do on twitter or on periscope so i think there's a lot of value in that but i think or you're on right cnn or on cnn but i think that's the point where because of television you have to fill all the time and you and you're on a single channel that you don't have the flexibility of being able to quickly flip something on, of being the one person who retweets everyone else, and so you're you're kind of correlating the news. You lose the speed factor that I think newspapers can get away with because they're doing those long-form reporting stories. Um, so you're right. It, it is an awkward in-between, and it'll be curious to see how they respond. Okay. Anyways, Pokemon Go. <laughs> Pokemon Now, Now, I got to ask, you guys play Pokemon Go? No, I haven't tried I, it. I, I installed it while I was in Scotland. <laughs> and be, for some reason, it worked, despite the fact that it wasn't supposed to have been released in the UK. So I've played it. The, I can start talking immediately. I don't know if you want to keep going. I don't know shit about it. So You haven't played it? I, I have zero interest. I know nothing about it. I wasn't uh, into Pokemon <laughs> as a kid. I don't... <laughs> I I have a life, so I okay. I'm not interested. So please, Dan, I, I watched tell me my more. sister play. I was so into Pokemon as a kid. Pokemon was like half of my childhood. Pokemon was a great game. Still is. Like I think I, every like year I have a weekend where I'm like I should get a new Nintendo handheld so that I can play the new Pokemon games. <laughs> and I like think really hard about it for a day and don't do it. Uh, which is probably good. Uh, but, like, this, the strategy's really in-depth. Like, uh, you can sink a lot of time into it. There's a lot of stuff to do. Uh, so, fond memories. So, I, I heard about... Th this was announced a while ago, this Pokemon Go thing, I feel like. Or maybe it wasn't that long ago. But I heard about it. Was kind of excited. Uh, heard that it came out, like, two weeks ago or whatever. So, I downloaded it. And first of all, this this is a bad, like objectively, like a badly designed game. It doesn't tell you anything. It does like the traditional, oh, I'm the Pokemon professor and blah, blah, blah. Here's your first Pokemon thing. And then it just drops you and doesn't explain like what 
what Pokemon are where and how you know, doesn't explain how to find them, doesn't explain, doesn't, you haven't done any Pokemon battles yet, which was at least like a half the fun of the old games, because that's where the strategy came in. Uh, the catching thing was just like, if you played the game enough, you'd eventually catch them all. Uh, so I was just wandering around Scotland for on a bus, which was cheating. So I'm on this bus, and we're boop, boop, slowly moving between these stops in the city, and I'm catching all these things. And it, did you ever play that old iPhone game where you had like a, a, a crumpled up piece of paper in a trash can? You had to flick the paper into the trash can. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's that? old yeah. school iPhone. Yeah, it was like the yeah, first yeah. iPhone game. That's what I'm this game. Pretty sure is. I played that on on an iPod Touch or something. Yeah. In, yeah. In in the in the late 2000s. That's what Pokemon Go is, except instead of a background that makes sense, it's whatever is in front of your camera. And the Pokemon just sit on some flat field, it doesn't matter what the picture looks like. So you just flick these balls at these Pokemon, and if you hit it, you catch it. Sometimes, I don't know, there might be some random element, or there might not, because nothing is ever explained to me. Okay, so fine. If that's how catching Pokemon works, whatever. But at this point, like... I'm, I'm thinking, where do the battles come in? And I haven't actually done this yet, but everything I've read says, like, it doesn't seem like the the gym battles are all that in-depth. They're very challenging, but part of the challenge comes from the bugginess of it and how sometimes the, the gym Pokemon will go down to one health and you won't be able to defeat it and then you just slowly die. Uh, so it's just... And if you can't... I, whatever. I haven't actually done sure. a Pokemon so I don't know. But what I'm saying is, it took it takes the half of what made Pokemon great, like the the really strategic battles, and like choosing how to evolve, not evolve, but choosing how to equip your Pokemon with different moves, and you have to think really far in advance about that, and just gets rid of all of that, and all you're left with is flick the paper in the can with a picture. Do you have anything like you know nice to say about it? Uh, no. <laughs> like <laughs> a lot of people play it, and people have been mobbing places in New York, so that's kind of cool, but also kind of shitty. But otherwise, like I don't think it's a good game. And everyone I've talked to, by the way, all these people are crazy about it. Like, and I'm guarantee you, they're all going to lose interest in like two weeks. Like all these people are like, walking around going out with their friends in Central Park to go get the Pokemon. If you press them, they admit, oh, well, it's a bad game, but, but everyone's doing it, so it's a fun social experience. So, That's not a good game, then. But so many things are... I can do so many things with friends that are a fun social experience and are also in and of themselves fun. But, like, why not do those things instead? But, and that's the question I want to ask to all of us, which is... In America, there are shitty things that are popular, like <laughs> Nickelback <laughs> and How certain is Nickelback politician. Um, I think they were more popular in the past. Oh, sure. No, yeah, no, no. For... They're, they're not as popular anymore. What's but... the shittiest thing that's popular right now? <laughs> Let me think about this, too. Uh, <laughs> that's a, that is a tough question. Um... <laughs> That's not Pokemon Go. Uh, the, uh, the Big Bang Theory? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. NCIS. There's a lot of <laughs> NCIS. NCIS is, is up there. Um, but but so then that's the question. So assuming, and by the way, before I forget, Dan, are you blue or red? 
there are three options, right? Or or whatever the, the original. In the well, in this in the Pokemon Go, right? You have to select a team. What team are you? I select the blue team, yeah, but the, that also doesn't matter. That like what a stupid choice. Here are three teams. It doesn't matter which one you pick, but we're gonna give you a whole paragraph about what things you might hold dear if you were to be on this team, but it doesn't confer any bonus related to those values at all. So okay. all I'm saying is, assuming Dan is accurate in his assessment, as far as I understand it, he is, that Pokemon Go is at best a mediocre game and at worst a buggy shitstorm. Why is it so popular? Is it because of Pokemon nostalgia? Is it because you're competing with friends? Is it the rise of AR? Is it what about this game? I think, I think or, or is it just a fluke? And we're going to see in another month, no one's going to care. I think it's, it's Pokemon nostalgia. If it didn't have Pokemon on it, I like uh, it wouldn't. No one would care, right? If so, it's but, definitely mostly Pokemon nostalgia. The other thing is like once you get past the Pokemon nostalgia hump. Because it snowballed so much, there's this, uh, you know, like being cool. Remember, what was it? It was Elo, the social network that everyone had to join for two weeks before yo, everyone stopped. Remember hearing. Yo? Yo, I was just, someone was just talking about Yo today. Uh, <laughs> I that one was she, particularly bad. She Ooh. was standing in a group of people who she knew all had Yo accounts, and she Yoed all of them, and none of their phones went off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so it, at least Yo didn't didn't take itself seriously though. Yeah. Oh, and that what was that? Uh, that the the gossiping app in Silicon Valley. Oh, uh, like Whisper or Secret? It, yeah, it yeah, yeah. Secret. All, like all like all of that stuff. Not actually yeah. good products, but hits on some sort of thing that blows up, and inevitably it's going to peter out. Uh. Yeah, uh, and you know I think. I think you're. I, I to, for me as someone who's never played it, merely understands this as a phenomenon. I agree. I think it's a a two part equation, which is Pokemon, and I I think the sort of real world, uh, AR nature of it. Because I think if you had just had, you know, Ingress. Remember Ingress, and, and I'll give Brian McMillan credit because he pointed this out on Facebook. Thank you, Brian. Uh, Ingress, if you remember, which was Google's sort of yeah. AR experiment, which many have stated is a as Brian has stated was a much better version of of this at least in terms of quality um didn't get that much attention but i think at the same time if they had just released another generic pokemon game i don't know if it would have i mean obviously it would have been successful but i don't know if it would have been as successful because i think i oh like i i, I like think that. i think like if again this game is only popular because it had pokemon in it and then the only reason it's I mean, like maintain any popularity it's had is because so many people downloaded it because it had Pokemon in it that you have hundreds of people in Central Park literally running around. But that's like, the point. Because <laughs> no, if they no, had no. all been sitting so, in their homes playing it, it wouldn't have had the same effect. That's my well, point. I don't think that the input... I don't think that the fact that no one downloaded it because they wanted to be in a giant pack of 100 people right. running around Central Park... And I don't think that people are going to continue to play it because they can be in a pack of 100 people and run around Central Park for any more than a couple weeks. <clears throat> but if they had released an actual Pokemon game that was good in all the ways that Pokemon is, all the people who downloaded this one would have downloaded that one, and they would have kept playing it for months and months and months. I, I so, and, and Go ahead. I don't, I, I'm not sure I agree with that because... Uh, 
like my when when we were at the beach, my sister was playing Pokemon Go. Like she would go for walks and like catch Pokemon along along the shore, the Rhode Island shore. Um, and I don't know, like I don't know if my sister would have been interested in it if it was more than that. Like I can't. I, I I don't know. I guess I can't speak for her. Maybe she's watching and she can she can <laughs> she can fill us in. Um, but the, the the like neither her nor I played Pokemon as children, so there's no nostalgia factor for us, right? Like, um, so I don't know. Like I don't know. I I think there are probably some people who like downloaded it because it was a popular thing and were interested and aren't necessarily people who would play an actual Pokemon game. So but why I don't not? Know. Here, so I, I can accept that that could be true, that the AR thing brings something new to the table, but why not keep everything else the same? Like, why not you have to walk around to, to see Pokemon so you can engage in a battle where you like have to have a strategy to catch them and then keep everything else the same. Make it an actually good game. And then it would have all the benefits of this game and all the benefits of regular Pokemon game. Except that you can't sit on your couch and play it. True. True. I, I think, and I, once again, Brian McMillan, are, I think we can list as our official video game expert for the show. <laughs> um, because we are certainly not that. Official Point video of, game correspondent. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um... I think he is right in pointing out that this is not necessarily a game for the hardcore Pokemon fan, but rather a more casual game for a more casual fan. This is a game that's easy to pick up. It's easy to play throughout your regular everyday life. It doesn't take a lot of time commitment, um, unless you're obviously really into it. But even just as somebody who's just taking, like you said, you're just a bus across town, you can play this game. Um... He says, quote, traditional games are pretty hardcore. There's advanced uh, mathematical formulas on catching a Pokemon in a real Pokemon game. So uh, I think that's an interesting point. I do agree that fundamentally at its absolute foundation, this is a fad. It is a fad. Do I think people will still be playing the year? Probably. Will it be as popular as it is today? Absolutely not. This is a fad. But I am excited because this is not another Pokemon game. This is not another generic iPhone game. There actually is something unique about this. You should, well, what? You should play it. Oh, God, no. I hate going outside. Absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely not. Are you kidding me? No way. No way. So um, I, I, I doubt that's going to happen. But, but outside of that, I'm glad people are playing it. And I'm glad people are getting outside. And I hope people play it safe and don't get you know run over by cars or... Or harass New Yorkers like Stumping Dan Miller, who's just trying to, to to go through his life. As if tourists in New York City are bad enough, I can't imagine them playing Pokemon Go. I saw so. this. I saw no. It was on the the morning stream last week. They had this. They showed this video of someone. Uh, some like apartment complex was complaining about all the Pokemon Go players because they had some landmark or something in like in the courtyard of the complex, and. At first, you're like, okay, boo-hoo, get over it. And then they, like, the video, like, imagine your front yard is just mobbed with these people is standing around, <laughs> like, oh, it's, yeah. I just, I just love hearing stories of people, like, 
and, and and my sister's watching. She's telling me to just give in that I'll love it. I know uh, <laughs> her along with other people. They're buying giant battery packs to carry around for their iPhones. I mean, people are really they're really getting into it. And uh, you know what? Hey, listen. Anything in this world that gets people excited, I'll take it. I'll sure. take it because honestly, it's not hurting anyone except for, as you said, the people who own the homes that are being run over by Pokemon <laughs> Go players. But other than that, everyone's having fun. So I think I think it's good. I'm not going to play it though. Colby, did you ever play it? I I considered playing it. Um, <laughs> I, I guess I might. I might still. You're like, well, I could download this app. <laughs> well, like my or... sister was. My sister was like actively doing it, so I was like, I I could do it too, but I was too relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> Told me I was too relaxed for Avenue. <laughs> maybe, maybe this week. This week, now that I'm, I'm back. I'm back into into the routine. All right, it's a deal. Um, <laughs> let's keep chugging along here. We've got more news, gentlemen. What else in here uh, has got you excited this week? I'm, I'm still coming off. I think like calm down. Got to take a deep breath. That's all right. <laughs> Wasn't, wasn't there something else we said we wanted to talk there, about? There was. Oh, I mentioned the e-gambling thing, but then this, this, this show will just be only video games, which could, could be fun. That's okay. We, we so rarely talk about them, I don't think it's too bad. What's uh, the doom and gloom about Netflix? Doom and gloom about Netflix. This will, this will probably be a quick one. We can chat about this quick and, and mix it up so we're not too video game focused. Netflix today announced their earnings, which normally would be boring because they just keep going up and up and up and up and making more and more money. Well, cool your jets, because Netflix had a drop in subscriber growth, one of their first drops in quite a while. Um, they added just 1.54 million subscribers, well below the projection of 2.5 million, so that's a gap of about a million new subscribers, um, almost 50% miss, which is pretty pretty bad. Um, that was in Q2 of this year. Um, it caused their stock to drop 14% in after-hours trading. Um, Netflix blamed weak subscriber growth on churn, meaning older consumers exiting. Uh, quote, our global member forecast for Q2 was 2.5 million, and we came in short. Gross additions were on target, but churn... Uh, let me skip it. Coincident with the press coverage in early April of our plan to ungrandfather longer-tenured members and remained elevated throughout the quarters. The uh, We think some sub members perceived the news as an impending new price increase rather than the completion of two years of grandfathering. Now, the simple version of that, you may remember, um, about two years ago, Netflix raised their price from, I think, the base package was, I think, $7.99 and went to $9.99 or something like that. Mm. But they grandfathered people in for up to two years. If you had, you know, that was only for new people coming in. If you were an existing subscriber, you kept it at $7.99. Well, Right now, last month or two months ago, they finally moved those 799 people up to 999 and forced them to start paying more. Netflix is claiming that by forcing them to pay more, they actually canceled their account um, and did not um, and saw those customers leaving, which impacted that growth number. 
I feel like instead of Grant, like all of a sudden after two years, like dropping the hammer, they should should have just increased it by like one cent a day for two years, <laughs> until, or like you know ten cents a month or something for two years, and like so so you just like ease people into it. <laughs> That's fantastic! What a sneaky Colby never get put in charge of these things. That's so sneaky. I, mean, I think you could tell people it's like. Hey, we're raising your prices, uh, but but you you had the old price, so we'll like grandfather you in. But you gotta change change the meaning of grandfathering. It's <laughs> oh, just a gradual funny. transition. Like nobody likes a, a big surprise, right? Like no, a, of course not, of course not. But I, that that was what interested me about the story. Two things: one, is it actually the is that the real reason we saw the drop? But also two, is Increasing the price two or three dollars, do you think really is enough to get people to cancel their subscription? My theory is I subscribe I end up subscribing to a lot of stuff online, especially because I try stuff and you know, monthly subscriptions are the hot thing. I always forget I'm subscribed. And it's not mm-hmm. until they remind me or I check my credit card statement that I'm reminded. And I think it's actually theoretically possible that Netflix sending out an email to to subscribers saying we're raising your price might be enough of a trigger to get someone who's on the fence about it or had just let it kept billing because it wasn't that expensive be reminded to cancel. I just don't know if it's to the tune of a million people. Yeah. Yeah, I got the push notification a couple days ago that my price was going up. Hmm. And, And did you cancel your subscription? (laughs) No. <laughs> no. It's interesting. And and it's and it's dangerous for Netflix because their whole business in terms of the stock market essentially runs on their subscriber growth. Um because they don't release viewership statistics. Um all of their money is tied up in owning the rights to this content. Um and without subscribers, obviously they don't have a business. So uh, their their stock price is really heavily tied to subscriber growth, and it was we've talked about this a few months ago, I think, or, or a year ago, where you know, as long as it keep, I actually I think this was my prediction for 2016 that Netflix was going to be. <laughs> remember, the tech bubble was going to burst. That was my prediction that Netflix was going to be one of those companies where they're going to start to see dips. I got to go pull that clip. That uh, they were going to be one of the companies that were going to start to see a slip in subscribers. Um, because at least in the U.S., international, they didn't lose as many. But in the U.S., they're going to start to reach uh, saturation. I really think they're going to get there. And I think um, that this may be the first crack in that. Really, the takeaway is I'm always right. <laughs> uh, or at least that's, that's what I'm taking away from it. Another classic Sean Jennings, I told you so. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. The guy who it took three years to predict the iPad Pro. But I got it. <laughs> I got it. Um. So yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on that. Uh, hopefully, you don't own any Netflix stock. Um, and anything else on that story? I I I mean, I guess in hindsight, I knew this, but I was surprised to learn that Netflix is a public company. Yeah, and they were that... actually really their stock shot up over the last like two years. At one point, they were mm-hmm. in like the twenty bucks, and they peaked at like one thirty. I mean, they were oh, they were wow. a hot stock for a while when they were having these huge subscriber gains in 2014, hmm. 2015. I guess I just like totally missed that. I don't know. 
Colby, as somebody who has investments doing terribly, it's be glad that you aren't aren't it's too interested in the stock market. Um, My savings are in a bank account. Is that bad? <laughs> no, that's listen. You're not losing money. I will say the um, we actually have a, a viewer watching the live stream who is a former. Um, Citibank investment guy, believe it or not, a coworker of mine. Oh, wow. He says analysts still like the stock. All right, all right. So, you know, don't... Once again, we need that financial disclaimer on the show where <laughs> do not take financial <laughs> advice from us. We do not know what we're talking about. Um, but it will be an interesting stock to watch. I don't think 80 is a bad price, uh, which is where it's at about now. Um, but we'll have to see. It's been, it's been tough. A lot of companies have been hit. A lot of tech companies have been hit in the stock market. So... Um, We'll keep an eye on that, but we are not a financial show, so we're going to move on to another story, which will be what, gentlemen? Uh, I picked the first two. I'm going to I'm <laughs> gonna nose goes, even we've though got, you can't well, see me nose gozing. We've got e-gambling. We've got Google Glass Round 2. Uh, the PC is back. We've got uh, Rhapsody is the new Napster. We've got the mini NES. What would you like to uh, talk about? Uh, Let's do mini NES. The mini NES. That'll be a that'll be a fun one. Uh, sticking with our, our video game theme for the day, Nintendo. The fine folks at the Nintendo Corporation are releasing a miniature NES. Now you may remember the NES, the uh, Nintendo Entertainment System, uh, originally released. Um, I don't know in what specific year. A long time ago, the eighties, <laughs> early eighties, eighty three maybe. Um, they are releasing what they're calling the NES Classic Edition. It's actually a tiny version. It's only, you know, it's a, it's a smaller version um, of the NES. But literally the exact same, like, box. Oh, the same design. The beauty is you don't yeah. have to put cartridges in this time. No more blowing into no. the cartridges. Instead, You do comes... still have to plug in the same kind of controllers, though. Is that what I'm seeing? You do. They have the classic controller, which it comes with, which is kind of awesome um, and makes sense because you have to control the old games. Uh, but it will connect via HDMI to your TV Um it will include uh, 30 different games built in, including classics like Castlevania, Donkey Kong, Final Fantasy, Galaga, uh, Kid Icarus, Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 2 and 3, Tecmo Bowl, The Legend of Zelda. I thought Super Mario Brothers wasn't... Um, I thought that was the Super Nintendo. I thought that's why the Super was in it. I, I could think, be totally wrong, though. I want to say you might be right, but I don't know if some of these <laughs> were dual-released either. Um, now it looks like it was Nintendo Entertainment System. Yep. Huh. Yep. It's and just so that good. it was just that good. It was had to have the Super in front of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that was the thing back in the day. Very very uh, Japanese. No. In addition to HDMI and lack of cartridges, it also features multiple save points, so you won't have to uh, fumble around like you used to with cartridges. The NES Classic Edition will be available on November 11th, just in time for Christmas. At the very reasonable price of fifty nine ninety nine, or you could just download all those games on your computer. <laughs> you, you're absolutely right. I there is. I think you're buying it for the cool, cute, tiny box. The nostalgia factor. You're one hundred percent right. And even the box it comes in, which you can see in the story, um, looks like the old. And oh, you know what? Where is that? I actually have the the original poster. That came with the NES when it when it when you bought it and it had this you're playing with power which was their slogan at the time it had pictures of all the NES games 
I have I minus storage like, in your apartment. Uh, I do. I have it's in storage uh, because I got to get a. It's big. I got to get a frame for it. I want to hang it. Um, God, wow. It was in the dorm room for a little while, probably sophomore or junior year. Um, I had it hanging up and then I put it away because it is a it is an original. But um, but yeah, I'm kind of excited. I might actually think about getting this. Uh, you know, I mean, it's not outrageously expensive. It's you know two bucks a game. Really, if you play all of them, um, and they are all the big ones, I think this is just a really smart idea for a uh, a company. You know, we've seen Atari release. You know, the little joystick you can plug into your TV, and it's got the games built in. And I know there's a Sega type version of this where you can play old games on a kind of knockoff version of the console. So I actually think it's a pretty smart idea. Cool. Can't imagine Nintendo's still making a lot of money off of Doctor Mario, so. Might as well squeeze a couple dimes out of that while they still can. Yeah. Very cool. Although no, um, no, no duck hunt. No, uh, no laser gun. Yeah. Which was which was like the reason they to could sell the laser gun for like an extra twenty bucks. So you just plug it into one of those ports. Although you know. It was, but isn't it true that you can't use a laser gun in a non-CRT TV? That's what I was going to ask. I was going to say that. I'm like, I, you know, I don't because of the way it works. That's a really good question. How does yeah, it work? I, I think it reflects light off of the reflective surface. <laughs> oh. Yep. Yep. Wow. And with the matte film on most TVs now. It's not reflective. It might enough. not work. I don't know. You know what? I'll have to ask. I actually have a working NES. It's in Massachusetts. Um, with the light gun, I might have to ask my brother to to try it out and see if he can get it working on his flat screen. Because yeah, I'd be, I I'd be curious works. to see. Um, but yeah, the light gun, man, that was it's good shit. Uh, <laughs> all right, um, let's see how are we doing on time. Uh, we're just about out of it. Is there anything else in the rundown you guys want to touch on before we uh, go to picks? Kind of hit the big stories in here. Oh, is there going to be a new Google Glass? I, I missed that no, one. No, this is a, it's really a rumor, you know, a reportedly. Okay. Um, you know, the, the short version being that uh, Google reportedly working on a headset with augmented reality, very similar to HoloLens. So I don't, you know, I don't think there's a ton of, of news there. Makes sense. Uh, oh, I'm, I would guarantee Google's got all kinds of stuff in their labs. And this, you know, is not surprising at all. All right, then I think we hit all the high points. Sold! All right, then we're going to move on to picks each week on the show. We each pick something cool that we like, sometimes tech-related, sometimes not, but either way, we recommend you go check it out. Can um, I go first? Abs- are you kidding me? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so speaking of Nintendo, I, I uh, picked a couple months ago this uh, documentary. I think it's just called Smash, although you should look at the picks. I don't remember on YouTube about competitive Super Smash Brothers players. It was really good. And this weekend, as I was sort of, you know, in a weird jet lag state, I had the opportunity <laughs> to watch the Super Smash Bros. World Championships live. And, oh, my God, it's it was in this stadium in Las Vegas where, like, the MMA fights are. <laughs> uh, so there's this massive stadium with this huge stage and these two guys in front of a CRT TV playing Super Smash Bros. Melee. Uh, in the the last game, so there's, a, there's this guy, he's in the documentary. Both of these people are. Uh, he's gotten second place at pretty much every tournament ever. 
Uh, he's a perpetual second placer, and this is like the biggest tournament you can play in this game. So this was his big chance to get first, and then the previous year's champion, the reigning champion, was also playing in the grand finals. And uh, the per so the person who always got second was from the losers bracket. So for him to win, he had to win two best of five games uh, in a row. If the other guy only had to do one best of five, apparently this is like a common thing. So, I spoiler alert: this guy finally won his first his first first place at this tournament, and it was insane. Like the commentators are screaming, uh, they're like jumping, it like jumps out of his chair at one point. Like one of the guys playing, uh, it was so intense. And he won with Jigglypuff, which is like. Not the character you would expect. Uh, it was it was so much fun to watch. I was really surprised. Uh, I mean, not really surprised, but I I was kind of looking forward to watching it, and I was even more. I had even more fun than I thought I would. Uh, so I put in this in the show notes a thirty second clip of the point where the guy who had to win two games in a row won the first game coming from behind after he was down. Uh, this insane comeback to to oh, to get the chance to do it all over again. Uh, so it was really cool. So that's that. Uh, also, while I was camping last week, I read this book called Outposts, which is this journalist uh, quest to travel to every remaining part of the British Empire. Which there's a lot of. I had no idea. I thought it was like Northern Ireland, uh, British Virgin Islands. That's it. No, there's a lot of there's a lot of crazy islands, especially in the Atlantic Ocean, that still belong to the UK, uh, and they have some crazy stories. Uh, so, Outpost, you can get that on Amazon and on Kindle. Very cool. Uh, since we're trying to be all awesome and live and stuff, I just po pasted links for both of those into the Facebook chat. So if you're watching live, nice. you can check those out. And of course, the links will be on our website as always. Uh, I will say, I caught. On ESPN2, believe it or not, the Street Fighter Championships. Oh, that was right before this. Over the weekend, and I found it. Or right. What? Right after, rather. Sorry, that was right after the Super Smash Brothers one. And it was the same thing where it's, you know, like a giant stadium, and there's just like yep. two guys um, sitting there playing. And I found it immensely boring. <laughs> <laughs> I really, because honestly, the problem I found was that. Because what's the theory behind esports versus just watching your friend playing a game, right? They're supposed to be really good, talent you know, with yeah. commentators on a big stage, right? I yeah. found none of that added anything because oh. I didn't know who the players were. I didn't like the commentators. It was really – I could have been YouTube playing Street Sean, Fighter. I, I would love it if you watched this whole thing from beginning to end because that was one – this the grand finals. That was one thing I noticed was that the commentators were really good, and I, I watched that – whole six-hour documentary i've watched some games before and only this time did someone finally explain what some of these words meant they're like oh this is a thing you just did called teching and that's when you kind of predict where the player's gonna go by reading the animation so and i was like oh uh so and i watched i there was another game on before it i forget what it was but like the, the traditional 2d like not 2d but kind of 2d like fixed sort of like very blocky looking fighter games you know very i don't the, i've never liked playing those i've never mm -hmm. liked 
I'm watching them. Like, I watched some of the Street Fighter. I was like, okay. Uh, for whatever reason, Super Smash Bros. feels really, like, it's like the difference between basketball and baseball for me. Like, you can watch a basketball game, you're like, yep, you gotta get the ball in the basket. That's like, I can understand when they're doing that well, and I can understand when they're not doing it well. Right. Whereas you're at baseball, you're like, well, I know when they hit the ball correctly after it happened, but I have no way of predicting going into any of these things. Like, I, I like, so, and I think Super Smash Bros. is much more intuitive. Well, but that wasn't even that wasn't even the problem necessarily I had because Street Fighter at least with that example like you kind of get when you're punching the guy one guy's punching better like you know I didn't need to know the combos to know who was winning the problem I had was I I had nothing invested in it the thing about football is I've been cheering for the same team my whole life they've been around for 80 whatever years you know I've got t-shirts with their name on it go Pats um, with these guys, there was, again, it could have been YouTube playing. I had nothing invested in it. So yeah. while it was interesting. I couldn't get excited. That was, so, so I, I agree with you. And I think that, again, I think Super Smash Bros. is a good job of it. There's a lot of crazy, like literally crazy people who play this game. There's this guy who only gets second. There's two crazy Swedish people. There's this slightly Asperger's guy who is just like an absolute machine. There's this crazy... A guy named Mango who just like uh, he either like gets first place and beats everyone decisively, or he comes in like twenty seventh because he did something crazy and refused to change it. Risky player. <laughs> oh yeah, like and the risky player is so much fun to watch because you know he's going to do something. Even when he's winning, he might do something crazy just to get the crowd pumped up. Uh, so there, there are personalities, and like the this guy finally getting first place. After trying so hard, uh, it, you're right. It does. It gives you a lot more. It, it makes you more excited about it. Yeah. Good. All right. We'll check that those out. About my <laughs> <laughs> we'll continue on. Uh, Colby, why don't you? I'm I'm actually kind of uh, curious now because I clicked and tried to figure out what your pick was and I <laughs> failed. So I would like you to explain what your pick is. <laughs> sure. So so my pick is this app called Gyroscope, uh, and. I've been using it for a couple of weeks now. It's it's basically like the Apple Health app, but like more interesting. Um, so it like takes your health data and you can connect like, uh, I don't know, fitness apps. Like you can connect Fit, Fitbit or like Strava or anything like that that you use. Uh, and it, it basically just shows you kind of cool like graphs about stuff. Um, much more interesting visualizations of like what's going on in your life than um, than you get with something like Apple Health. Uh, for example, one of one of the the uh, I guess graphics is like if you went on a run or went for a bike ride or something, it'll 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 show you how many donuts you bur- <laughs> you burned in that in that activity. Um, but I've been using it for a little while. Oh, it also it also brings in your rescue time data, which is uh, a thing that like logs what like sites and programs you spend time on in your computer to see like I don't know if you're if you're wasting time or anything like that, or like what what things you waste your you, you what what things you spend your time on in the computer. Um, but in any case, I, I think if you like have a Fitbit or you use any of those apps like that, uh, it's a it's a much nicer interface for those things than uh, 
than some some of the others too. It's it's more comprehensive. Like it can take in a lot of stuff. So yeah, that's it's my pick. Really pretty. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> it's very nice looking too. That it certainly helps. Yeah, that's neat. Their, their website is 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 pretty impressive. I like. It. I feel like it's very Tony Stark, where it's like I want to start touching and flicking things. It's got that style to it. It's neat. Yeah, that's yeah. good. And I'm always looking for new ways to combine all the disparate stuff I have. So yeah, to just like give your data away to random people, it's, mm-hmm. it's great. <laughs> so they always know what you're doing and where you are. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's fantastic. Check it out. Gyroscope, G Y R O S E O dot P E uh, is the website. So you can check that out. Very good. All right. Well, uh, that must mean that I'm last. Um, and I'm going to pick a book. I'm not even going to go with technology. I'm going to go with a book. Uh, it's a really fun one I just read called Console Wars, keeping with our video game theme um, and sticking with the fine folks at the Nintendo Corporation. Uh, Console Wars tells the story of Sega in the 90s, which, of course, with the um, the the Genesis and the... Um, and the Dreamcast and, and the sort of the thing Sega did in the 90s, how they rose to, you know, Nintendo super dominant in the 80s. Going into the 90s, Sega rose to to meet 50% market share with them and, and overtake Nintendo for a very short period of time and then fell right back to earth. Um, one of the best um, business history books I think I've ever read is exceptionally well written. And even if you're not a big fan of video games, it is a very interesting story of... Uh, the tech industry at the time. They talk a lot about going to CES. That was back when they had two CESs a year. Um, it's also really interesting. As someone who works for a company that is owned overseas, uh, they talk a lot about working with Sega of Japan versus Sega of America. Just a really, really interesting, fun book. I read it on some uh, airplane rides and uh, greatly enjoyed it. So uh, Console Wars available for uh, paperback and Kindle. And I recommend it. Sweet. Fun for the whole family. Um all right, cool. Again, links to all the picks will be on our website. Don't panic.io. You should go there, and here's why, okay? It's not just any website. And we could have made any website. And I say we, I mean you two. They could have made any website, and they did. They made a great website, and you should go there. <laughs> it's got so, no pressure on you two. Go it, there. It, well, so so a fun a fun fact about the don't, don't panic.io <laughs> um, is that it's currently like a ticking time bomb because it, it turns out that the uh, the Facebook APIs we used to build it three years ago have like been since been deprecated or are now being phased out. So so we have like two weeks to like upgrade the login <laughs> before we can what in it. No pressure. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Well, and, you know, and as a, it's why you don't rely on third party services. I think it was people. Aristotle <laughs> yeah. who once uh, who once wrote sucks to be you. So <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, go to our website while it still works. Don't panic. Um, it'll, it'll continue working. We just might not be able to post con- new content, which is something so- we do so rarely that <laughs> shouldn't be a problem. Um Well, good. Well, at least while you're there, you can check out all our past episodes, audio and video and links to check us out on iTunes, subscribe via RSS, and to like us on Facebook. Of course, Don't Panic Show on Twitter. We're streaming live on Facebook, and I want to thank everybody currently watching and who has watched on Facebook. This is our most highly watched live episode, at least consistently, throughout the show, uh, between seven and nine viewers. Um, 
which is a lot for us live. So usually it's like one. So Dan's mom. So I think it's really great that uh, everyone checked us out. Thanks for chatting with us on Facebook. I think this was fun. I want us to, well, we'll keep trying Facebook Live for a while. It was really excellent for uh, for people to join us. Uh, we do it live Monday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific at facebook.com slash don't panic show. We will not be back next week because I will not be here. And the following week, I'm going to leave it up to you two because I will not be there, but I will be back in time to get an edit together. So if you two want to do a show, mm-hmm. that's on you. I won't, but it'll be old news by next week. But the following week, um, which is, I think, August 1st or the 31st or the 30th, right in there, um, it's up to you guys. But if you want to do a show, you're welcome. And uh, I'll, right. I'll, right. you guys can talk about that. I'll surprise but, you. But if you're wait, looking for something else to check out, you should check out our exciting Dungeons & Dragons podcast that will be back this week with new episode. GameNights.tv is the place you can get all our past episodes, get caught up, and this week we'll have new episodes for you, so get psyched about that. Anything I, else, I, gentlemen? I'm psyched about that. I am. Oh my god, it's been like a month and a half. I'm so jazzed yeah. to be back. I, now i got to go listen because I've completely forgotten about everything that's happened. <laughs> but that's Fair okay. point. That's a, that's a good idea, actually. Well, you can't you can't listen to the end, Cole, because if you remember, we had our um, our secret oh, meeting yeah. with the Dragon Cult that <laughs> um, that you were excluded from. Oh no! <laughs> so you'll you'll have to tune in to find oh, out what happens. The drama continues. It sure does. Um, and I think on that note, we'll have to conclude. So thanks everybody for joining us. We greatly appreciate you tuning in, and we'll absolutely see you next time for even more tech news here on Don't Panic. <laughs>